0: All right, everybody. So it looks like I will be uh, recording alone tonight. Uh, The quality is not fantastic, and that's really bugging me. Uh, I don't have the ability to get inside the studio tonight, a.k.a. the closet. Um, But I was just really dying to get an episode out tonight. Typically, we try and get an episode out every Wednesday. Uh, however, Greg is feeling a little under the weather at the moment. He, They went out to eat, and the next day he wasn't feeling very well. So I'm just assuming it has something to do with the food. Probably wasn't prepared well. Uh, he's not you know, feeling his best. He's a little under the weather. And y'all need to be careful because here's the deal. A lot of the restaurants that you eat at, that you think are, are good restaurants. Um, in reality, they got high school and college kids in the back cooking your food. They don't give a damn about health standards or, you know, what the health code says. They don't care about cooking your steak to a perfectly 140 degrees, medium rare. Um, so, you know, I had an issue like this at, at Buffalo Wild Wings. Now it's a great place to drink and watch football and sports, but I mean, I know some of the guys that are local beat ups, you know, worked in the kitchen, and I wouldn't let them ever cook a, a meal for me. And they're cooking for hundreds of people a night, so always check your food because I mean, these are children; these are children. You are giving um, you are giving the power to so. Yeah, be aware. I think he's down with some food poisoning. Probably wasn't cooked to the proper temperature. it's was probably left out too long. Um, yeah, I don't trust these kids uh, to make my food, and you shouldn't either. But uh, enough with that. Yeah, Greg's not here. Wishing best. We're going to try and get a show out Saturday. Uh, what we're going to be looking to do is to discuss uh, – we haven't come out with our rankings yet. Um, so Saturday, I think we're doing uh, wide receivers and tight ends. Uh, And then what I'm most excited about is quarterbacks and running backs. We're going to try and do that Wednesday next week. Um, So within a week, you're going to be getting uh, our rankings for the four most important fantasy positions. Uh, Very, very stoked. We've put a lot of work into this. Um, This is probably the episode we're going to be most excited about. Um, But today, what you're going to be getting is you're going to be getting uh, my second uh, fireside chat. Last one, we discussed Zeke on whether or not I think he'll play, whether or not you pay running backs, if they're worth the investment. And we're going to touch on a little bit of that today because we had some news developed today uh, regarding Ezekiel Elliott. So uh, without further ado, let's get started. He was offered a contract that would make him the second highest paid running back in the league. This would put Zeke uh, below Todd Gurley and above Le'Veon Bell. Now, if you ask me who the best running backs are in the league, I actually think Zeke fits well there as the second best running back. Uh, I mean, 2019, there's a, lot of questions surrounding Todd Gurley. A few questions surrounding Le'Veon Bell, but the difference is with Le'Veon Bell, you're not really focused on his health or his knee. You're more or less focused on him changing a new team and how well the Jets are going to be. Like how good this offense is going to be. You know, can we trust this offense? Todd Gurley, you're worried about his health. You you know he has issues with his knee. We're not entirely sure what's going on there. We know that there are reports coming out that he has arthritis. Uh, is that the point I'm getting to? Uh, Todd Gurley is showing that a investment in a running back is a shaky deal. Zeke wants all this money, like we said previously. Of course, everybody knows I'm on the bandwagon of not paying running backs. Obviously, you're gonna, you got to pay them something. I'm more in the eight to ten million dollars for an elite level running back. Uh, the Chargers were offering Melvin Gordon eight million. The Rams are not feeling good about the contract that they signed Gurley to and now you're going to be signing Zeke, I think he's going to take it. So here's the deal. So let's – the fantasy perspective is, is now that this absurd contract has been offered to Ezekiel Elliott, he's more safe to draft. I actually – we're doing a slow draft today uh, for a league that we started yesterday, actually. And we're doing a slow draft, and I was the fourth pick, and Zeke fell to me. And I took him because my draft pick came after the news of the contract offer, okay? Okay. And I don't see how Zeke turns this down. I really don't. I mean, if you're Ezekiel Elliott, you have to 100% take this money. Right. I mean, I get it. He thinks he's the best running back in the league, and he has a fantastic argument for that, especially with the issues that we just discussed regarding Todd Gurley. So I completely understand that he thinks he's the best running back in the league. If you ask me, I would say I would say, uh, skill-wise, he is the best running back in the league. You asked me in 2018, I'm going to say Todd Gurley prior to the Le'Veon Bell sitting out switching teams. I'll go Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, and then Ezekiel Elliott. But with the uh, Le'Veon Bell drama from last year, the questions surrounding Todd Gurley, I I do have Ezekiel Elliott as the number one running back in the league, not only in fantasy but simply on on field production. I think he's the most talented. I think he's a strong runner. He's 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 elusive in space, and he has the frame and the will to run between the tackles. Okay, so I really am excited about Zeke, seek and as everybody remembers i do have a very soft place in my heart for the dallas cowboys but there's two perspectives you have to look at this from you have to look at from jerry jones perspective but then you also have to look at it from an organizational perspective okay so regarding jerry jones he wants to win he wants to win now it's, he's treating it this like it's an NBA team in the sense of, it. you know, in the NBA, if you sign the right guy, you have a chance to compete. I mean, look look what the Toronto Raptors did, taking the gamble on Kawhi. They, they took a one-year lease, hoping they could t- talk him into staying. I wish he would have stayed, but it's fine that he didn't. Okay, he's going to go win another championship, in my opinion, with the Clippers. But they took a, they took a gamble on him. And what happened? They beat the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. That's what happened. And you can do that in the NBA. You can't do that in the NFL. You have to build a strong support, a strong foundation, okay? You can't. There's a reason mobile homes, trailers don't do well in tornadoes. They have a very weak foundation. That's why you'd rather live in a house, okay? Okay? And what Jerry Jones thinks is that the majority of this house has been built, but there's a couple blocks on the foundation that are missing, and Zeke is those blocks. Zeke is the one that strengthens the foundation, which is going to be the run game. Their foundation is built on their defense and their run game because they want to run the clock. They want to rush the football. They want to keep the score under you know 34. They want to keep it under 30. And there's a belief that Zeke adds. Zeke helps Dak produce. Okay, it opens up the field for Dak because Zeke is better at his position than Dak is at his. Dak is better with Zeke. Zeke is not. It doesn't matter if Zeke has Dak. It's irrelevant to Zeke. Zeke's going to be Zeke. Dak, on the other hand, needs the, the, the running game to be there for him to operate successfully. At least that's what the belief is. So from Jerry's perspective, you want to fill those cracks in on your foundation because you do have a team, potentially the best roster from line to running back to wide receiver to linebackers to defensive line to safeties to corners. I mean, overall, you may have the best roster in the NFL, okay? And Zeke is that missing piece, at least in his mind. And he thinks, hey, I want to win a Super Bowl. I want to win it now. Okay. And and I know we've seen all the chirping in the media. We've seen it. But in Jerry's mind, he's just honestly, he's talking shit. Okay. To the media about Zeke simply to get that number down. Okay. To, To take that 18 million, 19 million Zeke wants down to 15, 16 million. That's all he's trying to do. And so in Jerry's mind... He wants to pay him because he wants to He wants to win a Super Bowl. But from an organizational standpoint, this is a terrible idea. And Todd Gurley is my example. Are you really going to feel good about paying a guy four years, $16 million a year plus incentives? And his production dramatically declines. Or as we've seen with Antonio Brown, once you pay him, they have no reason to not act like a diva. Zeke already has maturity issues, off-the-field issues, and now you want to make him the second-highest-paid the second highest paid running back in the league? I wouldn't do it, but I'm not 99,000 years old, so that's my opinion, uh, fantasy-wise. So I touched on this earlier. I originally, because I did, like I told everybody, draft Le'Veon Bell last year, I was under the impression that Zeke wasn't going to come back, or at the very least, even if you thought he was going to come back, he's not worth the draft pick, especially, you know, in the top five picks in the first round. After this news, I'm giving Zeke the green light. If Zeke plays, he will lead or come close to leading the league in rushing this year. Eight to fourteen touchdowns. I think he'll be involved in the passing game. In the slow draft that we started today at the fourth pick, like I said, and I did in fact take Zeke. Green lights go. This only helps Amari out. So is Zeke playing? Um, I do agree with with my my foundation example I was discussing earlier. I I also believe Zeke is the missing piece to a Super Bowl team. Organizationally, I think you can live without him. For the 2019 season, I think you need to pay him if you want to win the Super Bowl today. That's how I feel Uh, fantasy-wise. Draft him. This only helps Amari. Dak was going to be a serviceable fantasy quarterback. Um, 14 different quarterbacks finished in the top three in any given week uh, three different times. Um, So... It's not hard to be a serviceable fantasy quarterback. Speaking of, in this draft I just had, there were two quarterbacks taken in the first round, Mahomes and Rodgers. I know they're great. I do. But why anybody would ever draft a quarterback in the first round? It blows my mind. I mean, you're passing on guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams. There are plenty of quarterbacks to go around. There's only one DeAndre Hopkins. That's such a mistake to me. Um Back, back to the Zeke thing. So I was really getting high on, on Tony Pollard. I thought that he could potentially be a huge sleeper if Zeke didn't come back. Well, his draft stock is, is plummeting. Uh, Alfred Morris never had a draft stock, for being honest with one another. But if Zeke gets paid, if he signs, he's definitely worth, worth a draft pick. In the first round. And I think the contract offer made by the Dallas Cowboys is all you really needed to hear. Draft him just like you would if he was already signed. That's my opinion. I think Melvin Gordon, there's a very good chance Melvin Gordon misses the rest of the season. And what worries about what worries me about, you know, the fantasy consequences of that is. I really like Austin Eckler. I think he, he he does produce. I think if Melvin Gordon sits out, you know, I was for a while I was on on the train saying that, hey, Austin Eckler, you know, could finish the season as a, you know, mid-level to high-tier RV two. But with Justin Jackson back there, I don't know much about this kid. I don't know how they're wanting to use him. They could potentially split carries. That's only going to take away from Austin Eckler's production. I still think he's worth a mid to late round pick, definitely a draft and stash type of guy, same with Justin Jackson. One of the two could potentially end up, you know, breaking through. They could both be below average uh and just provide a, you know, serviceable backfield uh, from a football standpoint, not necessarily a fantasy standpoint. Um one thing I had this is completely off topic. Well, not fantasy wise, off topic, uh, but I'm in a Facebook group. It's called the uh, the Nintendo Nerds, and, and all it is is it's a Facebook group where you talk about video games, you know, pop culture, etc. Primarily pop culture, dealing with you know, MCU, um, shit like that, uh, and then you know, gaming, Nintendo, Xbox, PlayStation. Et it's an awesome group. Nick Johnson runs it. Shout out to Nick. Hey, you do a fantastic job. Uh, and then somebody wanted to create a, a, a fantasy football league for it. And I was like, all right, you know, I'm all in. And the first thing I said was, I'm going to run it. Because typically, I'm the commissioner of, of our main league. So my main league is the money league that I do with my closest friends. Okay? It's what I look forward to every year. I'm in four leagues this year. This is my most important league. This is the only league I care about because the bragging rights or at large, I mean, it's the most important thing going on in my life at the moment. Um, And I'm typically the commissioner of it. Well, I did this thing. I said I wasn't even going to play, which was never true, but you know, it just added to the drama of the league in general. And I definitely said, you know, I'm not going to be commissioner for sure. So even when I came back, I'm like, Hey, I don't want to be the commissioner. So I told my uh, one of my best friends, Alex Harden, I'm like, hey, you're going to be the commissioner this year. I'm done with it. You know, these people are awful, and they are. So so I don't know if any of you guys listening have ever been a commissioner of a fantasy football league before, but league members, I mean, they're worse than sheep. They are just so unorganized. And not only that, they're hateful, they're whiny, they're needy, they never pay their dues on the same time. You can never get 12 people to find a perfect day and time to draft. There's always somebody that's going to have an issue. So I was like, hey, you know what? This year I'm going to focus on my team. I'm going to focus on my team. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about running the league. So I gave it to Alex, and he's done a fantastic job. He's actually also, on top of running the league and working uh, eight hours a day, he started his own fan- or his own football uh, podcast. Now, it's not fantasy-related. It's, it's, it's football in general. So he's going to discuss, you know, the big news. He's going to give you previews of games, uh, conferences, et cetera, divisions, whatever. Um, It's called Grid Aces. Uh, And if you don't know, he named it Grid Aces because it's a, it's like an old school term for like a really good football player. You know, Um, it's fantastic. He's done a fantastic job. I'm so happy for him. I love it. I love it. I do. And he's doing a great job as commissioner. Uh, And for a while, you know, I I, I didn't regret giving it up to him. Well, the person in the the Nintendo nerds group started their own fantasy football league, a nerds fantasy football league. And he tried to do it on Yahoo. Yahoo, of all platforms, not even ESPN, as archaic as ESPN is. He chose Yahoo, literally the worst fantasy football platform you could possibly pick. So Greg jumped in, Greg being the guy that Greg is, and was like, no, 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 no. Let me spearhead this. Let's do the sleeper app. So he completely sabotages this guy's football league. And he messages me about 10 o'clock last night, and he's like, hey go ahead and um, start a fantasy football league on on the sleeper app. Uh, you be the commissioner, set it up, and then make me co-commissioner. So, as fate would have it, I ended up being a commissioner once again for a fantasy football league. And I love it. I, I don't know why I ever gave it up in the first place. Running a fantasy football league honestly belongs on a resume. And most most employers wouldn't understand that, but if you 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 listening to me right now, if you have ever ran a fantasy football league, especially with your close friends, you know, especially if there's money on the line, you know how difficult and stressful it is. So that was my that was my rant tonight. I was about over half a half a bottle of wine deep. I felt like recording. I hate that Greg and I weren't able to get one out on Wednesday like we typically do. Like I like I said, he's got a little stomach bug going on. Should be back uh, Saturday. That's that's the goal. And and Saturday we may have a special guest. We may have the uh, the commissioner Alex Harden, uh, who I was telling you about. And then a, a surprise appearance by a friend that I haven't seen in a while. Very excited. I am very excited. Our ranking show will be out that night, at least I hope. I'm going to do everything I can to make it happen. I'm going to get this uploaded. It's 9.41 Thursday night right now. There's some preseason games going on. Typically, I don't, I don't watch the preseason games. I keep up with the important news that comes out from them. But I don't watch them. I'll tell you right now, a guy that everybody completely, and I mean absolutely shits on, is Daniel Jones. Well, he went nine for 1141 yards. No touchdowns, no turnovers. And everybody just constantly shits on him. Look, NFL analysts know more about football than I do. The beat Riders, the Adam Schefters, the Colin Cowards—they know more about football than I do because they're right there. They—they they hear the—they hear the news before it becomes news, so they have firsthand sources giving them information. The only information we get is what we get from them, what we get from the internet, what we get from ESPN, what we get from Fox, you know, what we get from the LA Times. So. I do respect them for the work that they do because I wouldn't know what I know about football if it wasn't for, you know, somebody else telling me. I'm not on the ground at training camp. I don't see what's going on. I'm not in the locker rooms. I get that. But sometimes these people come up with takes for the sake of takes. And it gets them ratings. And if they make a bad take, well, 48 hours later... They're making a new take, and their last take was irrelevant. So, I have a love-hate relationship with sports media. But other than that, sorry for rain.